And now we ask your blessing upon our time in the word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you take your Bibles, if you turn to 1 Peter with me, chapter 2, and we're going to pick it up at verse 4. Tonight we want to look at verses 4 through 10 together. 4 through 10. But again, to put everything in context, I think it's important that we go over the first three verses of chapter 2, okay, before we begin in, chapter, in, in verse 4. So look with me, 1 Peter 2, verse 1. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So here, in these first few verses, as we discussed the last time we were here, that Peter was reminding them about what it means to live a holy life. And he brought out these particular sins of the flesh. And earlier in chapter 1, we read about how Peter, once again, called upon the people and said, remember, be ye holy for, God said, be ye holy for I am holy. So live in holy behavior. But now we come to uh, his uh, transition in verse 4, okay? And uh, he's going to transition, now he's going to focus particularly on the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is, and, and then what we are or have become in Christ as we put our faith and trust in him. And so we have to remind ourselves that Peter is writing to many persecuted Christians that have been scattered all over the Roman Empire. And so many of them scattered, they, they, many of them are alone it's even difficult for them to meet together as, as believers. And, the, the, you know, and they're struggling, they're suffering, they feel lonely. And so now it is time for Peter to encourage their hearts again. And Peter seemed, seems to do this throughout this entire letter. And so we come here to verse 4. So let's read 4 to 10 together. We'll read all this together and then we'll go through it. Uh, verse by verse. Verse 4. And coming to him, Jesus Christ, the Lord, as to a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. You also are living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe, but those who do disbelieve 
The stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word and to this doom they were also appointed. Then he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we see here the focus of Peter now is upon the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is. And he's symbolized by a rock or cornerstone. And so if you go back with me here, uh, we see to, uh, to, to verse 4. Peter said there, and coming to him, coming to Jesus by faith, as to a living stone rejected by men. Jesus is called a living stone here choice and precious in the sight of God. Jesus Christ is this stone that is precious to God. And uh, we want to take a look at this this word stone or rock, okay? Um, And if you recall that Jesus and Peter... When they were, um, when they were together, there was a point where Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. And of course, if you look at the Greek meaning of the word Peter, it comes from the word Petros, okay, or Petros. The word Petros, which means small stone, that's what it means. So as we look into, I want to look into uh, this area of, uh, briefly, of what has been a debate uh, with the Roman Catholic Church. And that is that the church, the church of Christ, was built upon Peter. And I want you, if you would turn with me, to Matthew chapter 16. So let's go to Matthew 16 together. And I want you to see this here as Jesus and Peter again are together. And he's with his disciples, Matthew 16, verse 13. He's with his disciples up at Caesarea Philippi. Verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Of course, he's speaking of himself, because he was called the Son of Man. And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So that's what the world, when they looked at Jesus, uh, 
And they, they, they hadn't believed on him as the Messiah. They, they, they put him in another category, like a great teacher, a prophet. But then verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And of course, now we have the great confession by Simon Peter. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. There it is, the pure gospel and the truth about Jesus himself. It's all there. And once he spoke this, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This was a spiritual revelation that God gave to Peter. He gave him understanding of who Jesus was, and it came out of his mouth, the, the pure truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then verse 18 is where the debates started because of those who tried to, have tried to interpret this over the years and the centuries. Verse 18, Jesus said, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. And there is that statement by the Lord Jesus. And he points to Peter and says, And you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So the, uh, the idea came through the Roman Catholic Church that, well, Peter, Jesus is basically giving, because look at, look at verse 19, because this, this was important too with the Catholic Church. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so because of this, the Catholic Church concurred that Peter had the first place of honor and jurisdiction in the government of his whole church. And that Jesus had made Peter basically almost divine by, by giving him the keys of heaven, as he, as he used the term. And that... Peter is the one who's going to build the church. And therefore, as the Catholic Church took hold of this doctrine, what happened? Well, then the first pope who was put in position was supposed to be, uh, um, you might say, uh, just a succeeder of Peter's role. And so they, they chose certain men that would be placed in position and they would say, well, this man is overseeing our church. We're going to call him Pope. And he is, and, and they treat him like divine. 
And so they believe that Peter founded the church and because of Jesus' statement here. And so the same authority, they say, has always resided in the popes or bishops of Rome as being the successors of, of Peter. So, but then there is the other side of the debate on interpreting this scripture. And of course, many of you know what that is. That is that when Jesus said, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. When Jesus stated upon this rock, I will build my church. If you, if you look back at the Greek here and you basically, you have to come to the conclusion that Jesus is talking about the confession, confession that Peter made about the Lord Jesus himself. So what did Peter say? Thou art the rock, uh, I'm sorry, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So there is the statement. So that is the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. As Peter was referring to, uh, the chief cornerstone, the stone that the builder rejected. But we have help in interpreting it this way by the Greek words. Again, we bring it up, the Greek word for Peter and the Greek word for the word rock there in verse 18. Again, the word, there the word uh, for uh, Peter, again, is Petros in Greek, which means small stone. But the word rock that Jesus uses here is not Petros. It's, Jesus is not talking about using the same word that he used to call Peter's name, that he gave to Peter, Petros, small stone. But the Greek word for upon this rock, that word rock is the Greek word Petra. How many of you know where Petra, have heard of Petra? Yeah, you remember that? I've had the joy of, of going into Petra and seeing it on one of my trips to Israel, and it's magnificent. And if you go into Petra, it's where the Edomites lived, but it's, it is this giant rock fortress. And the Edomites and others that would live in there built caves and rooms. They even, they even carved out a temple in there and, and a large room. It's incredible. And, of course, there was this narrow passageway. You had to take a camel. Could, one camel could barely get through certain parts of the passage to get into the city of Petra. It was a city, the city of Petra. But Petra means stone or rock. But here... This is the word, and that this is the word that Jesus is using. Because Petra, they gave the name Petra because it's a huge, giant mountain of stone, and Petra means a foundation boulder, a foundation boulder. So try and grasp this: that that is the meaning of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying. 
I say to you, let's put it this way. I say to you, little stone, speaking to Peter, upon this foundation boulder, the confession you just made about me, I am that foundation boulder. Upon this, I will build my church. Okay, so I think it was, it's important because of what Peter is saying to us in 1 Peter concerning Jesus as being the rock and the chief cornerstone. So if you go back now, I hope that helped a little bit. If you go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, again, verse 4, let's pick it up there again. And coming to him as a living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. So Jesus is this cornerstone. And of course, we know what a cornerstone is. Cornerstone is that first stone that is placed in ancient times. It was always the first stone uh, that was set, large stone upon which all the rest of the stones were built. And if that, that cornerstone was off a little bit, or it wasn't completely flat. If you built, you know what would happen. If you built on that cornerstone that was crooked or not straight or not strong enough, the, the whole house, it would, it would twist the whole house and it would, wouldn't have a strong foundation. And that's why he, Jesus is called spiritually the cornerstone. The cornerstone of our, of our salvation. And we... I love this in verse 5. Peter now says, you came to the living stone, which was rejected by men. But you, as living stones. And he, here he calls us, you and I, these living stones. And of course, this is not, this is not the Petra stone but this is the smaller stones but we're living stones why are we called living stones because we are in christ christ is alive in us and he brought us the living stone brought us everlasting life and when jesus entered our lives at the moment of conversion we were born again how exciting it is to know that he gave me everlasting life. And therefore, though this body is dying and decaying, the wonderful thing is, is that I am going to live forever. I am going to live forever, and this body is going to be raised from the dead and transformed one day, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, all because my faith was put in the solid rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, my cornerstone. And so Peter is encouraging the suffering saint, the persecuted saint here, saying, you know, you may be discouraged, but I want you to remember who you are in Christ, what Christ has made you. And when I think of this, it brings such comfort to my heart that Christ has made me a living stone and together, all right, we are living stones. Each one of us is one of the stones And he goes on, you are also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So Peter makes this incredible statement that there is a spiritual house being built, and it's called the church. And it is made up of believers, you and me and others. And he's telling them that you may be scattered all over the empire. You may be persecuted, but remember, you're part of the spiritual house of God that Jesus is building. Jesus is the key, chief cornerstone, and you are one of the stones that he has chosen. You've been chosen to be one of these spiritual stones and built up for what? To be a holy priesthood. There's that word holy again that Peter has used in chapter 1, that we are a holy priesthood before God. Not that if you look at my sin, I still carry the old sin nature, but when Jesus looks on me, he looks on me as a redeemed child that I have been forgiven and so that I have been washed in the blood of Christ and therefore I am accepted to the Lord and he says so we are a holy priesthood and what what should we be doing to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ and those spiritual sacrifices uh, are, 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 are many different things. But let's turn to Romans chapter 12 real quick. Romans 12, and we're going to see what Paul had to say about it. Romans 12, familiar passage. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Paul writes to the church at Rome. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and what? Holy sacrifice. There it is. Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul is urging the church. He's saying, I urge you to present your bodies, this, this tent, this dying, this uh, wretched, sinful tent. I need to present my body as what? A living and holy sacrifice again we know the word holy means to be set apart unto god and so i am called to to make the choice now that i'm a believer he's talking to believers here as a christian i need to go to the lord and give him surrender my body as a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, which means saying, Lord, you have come to indwell me. And therefore, what are we called? These bodies are called the temple of the what? Holy Spirit. And so the temple, the, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, even though these are sinful, wretched bodies who still have the sin nature, 
but the Holy Spirit resides in us. Therefore, we are the temple of Christ, temple of the Holy Spirit. And being his temple, he has purchased this body with a price, the price of his blood. Therefore, I must make sure that I present my body to the Lord and say, Lord, this body is not mine anymore to do with what I want. I'm going to give it to you. Lord, I surrender to you, and I want you to set me apart for, to live for you and that I use this body for your glory and that Christ by me might be manifested in my body. And this is what one of the, the, one of the main holy sacrifices Peter's talking about and Paul talks about right here the sacrifices we have to make. But we are a royal priesthood in Christ, building up a spiritual house. And so as, spirit, as we are a royal priesthood, spiritually speaking, then we are to offer up sacrifice. Jesus has given us the, 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 the power and ability to offer up holy sacrifices to him, which are pleasing to him. So if you go back with me to 1 Peter 2, Let's just go back there, and we go on then. Verse 6, Peter then says, For this, speaking of living stones, and Jesus being the rejected cornerstone, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. He who believes in me, I love this, shall not be disappointed or put to shame. This precious value then is for you who believe. But those who disbelieve, the stone which the builder rejected, this became the very chief cornerstone. And a a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense for they stumble because they are disobedient to the word and to this doom they were also appointed and they by the word appointed it means that they have made the choice they have made the choice they've stumbled over jesus christ they refuse to accept the stone they rejected christ and that is a choice people make they reject a choice therefore because of that they are appointed unto wrath and they are appointed unto the, to be judged one day, eternally. But here, Peter points to a scripture that uh, when he, verse 6, when he says, Behold, I lay a, in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be disappointed. This is, this is a direct quote, quote from Isaiah. Peter's quoting Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 16. Isaiah says this very thing. So the prophet Isaiah prophesied that God was going to lay a choice stone, a precious stone, which would be the chief cornerstone, a precious chief cornerstone. And that would be his son, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who believes in him will not be disappointed. You know, that is such a wonderful way to present the gospel, isn't it? To be able to share with someone, you know, they may be living living in a world without Christ. And we come to them and say, if you come to Jesus Christ, I promise you, 
that you will not be disappointed because God said it. That he will transform your life and he'll bring you forgiveness of sin and he'll, he'll, he'll give you joy and peace that you've never known before. But this precious cornerstone has been laid and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, turn, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go over to Ephesians 2 together. Verse 19. now if you as we read this it almost sounds like peter's writing this but it's actually the apostle paul and remember what's what's the title of our series in first peter did anybody remember yes alien life okay so keep that in mind in mind as we read what paul has to say verse 19 So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. And he's talking about to God. Because we were aliens of the world, but now we are aliens to the world because we are in Christ. So we're no longer the strangers and aliens, the ones that, that have rejected Christ, the ones that are in darkness and not saved. But you are fellow citizens with the saints. And are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom... You also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Here the Apostle Paul says the same, basically the same thing. That we're part of a spiritual building, the church. We are a holy building, being built as a holy temple. And we are the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And we're being built up though. But another picture is of a, of a building, of a temple. And it's a spiritual temple, and it's this temple of Jesus Christ. You and I are part of this. And Jesus began the foundation when he came and was born, crucified, buried, rose from the dead. That chief, that stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone upon which our salvation and the whole body of Christ and the house of God has been built. So how beautiful to see the Apostle Paul saying the same thing. So let's wrap it up here if we go back to 1 Peter 2. And he talks here again about those who stumble over it. End of verse 8. For they stumble, the ones who find Jesus offensive. They stumble because they are disobedient to the word. In other words, they've said, I don't care what God says. You know, I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And this Jesus, no. You tell me this story, and and what they do is they they don't accept the stone. Therefore, Jesus becomes a stumbling block where they stumble into hell. Stumble into eternity out of their own choice because they rejected the, the, the chief cornerstone. And Jesus himself, we don't have time to go to it, but Jesus said to 
to uh, the Pharisees and others, uh, multitudes, that he was the chief cornerstone that the builders had rejected. And then we conclude verse 9 and 10. Peter then says, reminds them again, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. How wonderful is that? And there's a purpose why we were chosen, why we become a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people for God's own possession. What's the purpose? The rest of verse 9. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When you think of the term chosen people, who do you think of? The Jews, right? Israel, right. We think that is what they have been called by God. But how wonderful to know that you and I are now called the chosen people as well. God the Father chose Israel, and one day they will turn back to God, and they, will, they are still his people, though they right now they are far from him. But we, as Israel rejected the stone, Jesus Christ, the gospel was brought to Gentiles, and the gospel was brought to you and me, and here we are. We've been accepted by God the Father through the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, And we have been chosen, a chosen race for all of eternity. We are chosen royal priesthood and we are what we call the family of God. We are all part of it. Isn't that exciting tonight to know that you are one of God's chosen people? Chosen for to be his possession. And what are we chosen to do? Proclaim the excellencies of him. May we leave here tonight as we go into the week. May we say, Lord, help me to proclaim your excellencies, your beauty. That's kind of what we talked about this morning, the attributes of God. But if we can, and what are the excellencies of him? The excellencies of Christ, that we might proclaim Christ to a dying world. Because they're looking at us and we have the glorious truth of the gospel. And we can present to them the chief cornerstone. Let us be willing to do that every day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much once again, Lord. As we looked into your word to recognize who we are in Jesus Christ, your son. That it is by you alone and your mercy and grace that we are living stones and we have become living stones through the chief cornerstone that we have believed in your son the lord jesus christ help us to proclaim his excellency lord as we leave here tonight and may you be glorified and honored as we surrender our bodies a living sacrifice unto thee we pray this now in jesus Matchless name.
Amen. Amen.